happy we, thing, our pride and our ego too. and our And I've also brought you. Uh, that's awesome. Hey, that was fabulous. Good morning. It is good to be here. Thank you so much, Carol Jean. What a fabulous uh, illustration. Love letter from God. Amen. That is outstanding. Uh, let's see. Jeff and Amy Plotz are going to read our scripture and have uh, lead us in prayer this morning. Uh, please stand for the reading of God's word and uh, our opening prayer. Make sure this is well. It's on now. Now we got it. Okay. Let me get out of your way. We'll be reading from Ephesians one three through ten this morning. Hold on a sec. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he pr proposed to himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the time he might gather together one all things in Christ, that which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Father God, Lord, we thank you for bringing us into this place. Lord, we thank you that you deal with us out of your grace and your mercy and that you reach out to us and you call us, Lord, and you bring us to you. Lord, we thank you that you have provided us for the forgiveness of our sins, that, Lord, you have restored us out of our sin and caused us to stand. Lord, we pray. Uh, that you would be with all your ears preaches, that you would give us ears to hear. Lord, we pray for those that are sick. Lord, that they would be comforted. Lord, we pray for those that are alone. Lord, surely this is the world full of need that it needs you. Lord, be with us now. Show us what we should do. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Here's our salvation. Amen. Amen. Maybe seated. Sunday the first week, I've been reminded of the psalmist in the passage of the right? I was glad, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. And uh, I certainly am that. Uh, just want to real quickly give you just a quick update. Uh, many of you know that April Smith has uh, been diagnosed with esophageal cancer and busy with them this week. Really, the pretty much the same thing Scott Cronenauer uh, had. 
uh, that they were able to determine through PET scan this week that it was it is at uh, level three or four, uh, just because of the size of the mass that they have uh, said to her that it is indeed curable. Uh, they're going to start a six-week uh, very aggressive radiation and chemo therapy with surgery ensuing in Houston, and so obviously keep uh, April in your prayers. Um, Dan, anyone? Uh, same thing. Just continue to pray for Dan. They're fighting the fight, and it's a regular fight, and it's a daily fight, and uh, obviously their faith, uh, they maintain their faith and their courage, and um, we obviously need to continue to be in prayer, uh, prayer for them. I, I plan on meeting with, and I just had a folks text meeting this morning and yesterday, we're going to start our children's uh, church services, and we're going to be after children's uh, moments. Um, we might start this next Sunday, but definitely the next Sunday for that. Uh, some of the folks that are going to be involved in it couldn't meet this Sunday, but they were really diligent. I got a good response from them. Uh, so uh, we're going to meet briefly after service. Uh, not going to do that this Sunday. We will meet. Probably going to visit with everybody through the phone uh, and email and those kinds of things, and we'll get that set up. Uh, and so you'll hear more about that, those of you who are involved. If you want to be involved, uh, if you want to be involved, I have enough couples involved that it'll be on a six-week rotation. So, so in other words, if, if you have a child in age three to third grade, once every six weeks we'll go over to the, uh, the new ministry building. We'll have our adult Bible class, and we'll have a, a service for our our young kids, and that'll give those parents that have kids, and uh, they can participate in adult worship service and, and uh, not be overwhelmed every week with their kids, and, and we'll obviously um, be able to minister to our young kids as well. So you'll hear more about that. If you want to be involved in that, just get in, let me know. Uh, we've got a good a team uh, put together, and I look forward to uh, uh, us doing that. I want to... Uh, Turn your Bibles to the 12th chapter of John, uh, but I'm going to reread uh, the 12th chapter of John, but I'm going to reread a verse uh, that was in our uh, reading this morning, Amy read for us, out of Ephesians. Uh, I'm only going to read uh, verse 10 of that chapter 3, or chapter 1 of Ephesians. Um, you know, Paul starts off just talking about, blessed be the God of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And that's really what the book's about. And he predestined us. He predetermined. He chose us. He adopted us. All these things in Christ. He lavished upon us his rich grace. All of it in Christ, in him, in Christ. And then in verse 10, uh, I'm going to reread as we're going to start this series this, uh, today. But verse 10 of chapter 1, he's talking about all the things that God has done. If you were to take the book of Ephesians, I mentioned this last week, and you just put, you just highlighted every time uh, that Paul writes he, him, his, himself, over and over and over, the most use of a personal pronoun in that compact area of scripture than all of scripture. So this is what God has done for us. This is how God has done it. This is why God has done it. And in verse 10 of this, he says, with a view, with a view, this is the New American Standard, and this is, in fact, I'll give you just this statement in just a second. With a view, God doing everything that he's done for us, um, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times, that is, 
That is, and this is the Greek, this, is, this statement is the correct, the summing up, the summing up of all things in Christ. The summing up of all things in Christ. And then things in the heavens and things upon the earth in him. The summing up of all things in Christ. And not just here, but in the heavens and on the earth in Christ. You ought to read Colossians in the first chapter and uh, second chapter where it talks about the supremacy of Christ. Everything, you can connect those two. So this Sunday, we're starting, and I had some handouts. I'd sent out an email. We're going to start at least a 12, maybe 12 to 14 week in discipleship. And uh, so what I've done, I sent out the email, but each week you'll get the email and the handout. Uh, this week, we're going to, you got two of them. This will be discipleship lesson one. And this will give you the process, and it'll help if you're interested, if you want to do this. Um, so I use, these are the passages that I use uh, for the lesson. And then you have an exercise. I know time is limited for all of us. And I think all of us would like to spend more time in reading God's Word and praying. But you can Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through Saturday, you have a passage of Scripture that will apply to the lesson. Uh, you can read it, study it. Uh, and it really... Uh, I hope, <laughs> I hope that it uh, really brings, weaves everything together as far as the lesson. There's a scripture memory. And then there's three or four points that really want, that should really resonate from that passage of scripture that is the teaching moment for us. So I gave you lesson one. You actually got that emailed to you last week. If you're not getting our emails, see Allison, because uh, we send out a blanket email. And then I, we handed out, uh, the Stasny boys, Colton and Braden, handed these out. We have some more in the foyer so that you can be preparing for next week if you're interested. So, discipleship. Well, I want you to think of terms in terms of discipleship as the summing up of all things in Christ. The summing up. It, it is a, a math term, and it is a term that has to do with an equation, the summing up. I mentioned to the kids this morning... Um, I, was, I did two funerals this last week, and when you go to a funeral, as most of us, maybe all of us have been to a funeral, uh, somebody gets up, usually the preacher, and in a time frame, tries to sum up, sum up um, in memory of the person who's passed. Um, you try to honor God, I hope. A gospel preacher should, in the passing of each individual, uh, certainly honor God. And then the best scenario is remembering a life, remembering a life that you could sum that life up in Christ. That's it. Because here's the truth. At the end of our life, at the end of our life, there'll be a summing up of our lives. There'll be, there'll be a math equation that sums up, that, and there will be. Um, we don't know when that final breath is going to take place. We have no idea, but our Lord does. And, and the Bible identifies um, two types of Christians. <laughs> the Bible identifies those people who you could sum up their life in Christ. Not perfect. Not perfect. 
None of us are. I mean, you can dutifully do everything. If there's a story that emerges from Scripture, all the people, all the men and women who are godly people, their flaws are revealed too. But you have those. You can sum up their life in Christ at some level. The second is, the Bible is just great. Uh, it's lukewarm. I've mentioned the term casual. And, and you know, my personal belief is, if you read the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, it's a sort, it's, Jesus tells a parable of seed. And he says, the seed is the word of God, and it falls by the road, and there's some that receive it with joy, but a little trouble comes along, and Satan steals that. He takes it away. Some fall in, in the rocky places and in the thorns where the thorns grow, and it, it gets choked out because not only does anxiety and worry, but even the riches of the world can be taken. These are people who have received the word of God, received it with joy, and then there's a good soil. I want you to think as we move forward of the summing up of your life in Christ. This is the teaching. The disciple means a follower. Someone, I'm committed. I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm going to be a follower of Christ. I'm going to commit my life to following him. He's worthy to be followed. All that he teaches and gives and, and, and all that he administers and everything that who he is, this is it. This is the worthy thing. Not my career, not my bank account, not my resume, not my, you know, my possessions, but the summing up of my life in Christ. The summing up of my life in Christ, a disciple. And we're all, I think, on that journey. I think for us, the scripture very clearly says, examine yourself. Examine yourself. My goal and one of my goals daily in my personal walk is to examine myself in light of this, the summing up of all things in Christ, in my life, for this church, in our marriage, relationships. Some kind of math, some kind of summing up is being done. So now, go to John, chapter 12. Three things out of this passage I want to identify and challenge us with this morning. In verse 20, John chapter 12, says, Now there were certain Greeks among those who were going out to worship at the feast. They were going out to worship. Greeks, non-Jewish, Gentiles, people like you and I. Uh, they were going to worship. And, and so, um, at the feast, these therefore came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I always say I don't believe in coincidence. Uh, I, uh, I went Thursday to see my son and uh, daughter-in-law in Corpus. And they're at Roloff Ministries in Corpus. I don't know how many of you know who Lester Roloff is. And I'm going to Google Lester Roloff. Uh, he's in the dead for about 40 years. A gospel preacher, a pretty magnanimous person. In a church where he preached uh, at an independent Baptist church, there's a, the, he has, there's this pulpit up there. And, and, and I don't know why he hit this passage of scripture, but I went up after the service and I was just looking in the pulpit, and in a bronzed plaque there, uh, it had, 
it had John 12, 21, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I don't know why he picked out that passage to have in a bronze tip. I knew that I would be preaching from this passage this week. Really inspired me. Verse 22. Philip came and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip came and they told Jesus. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls uh, into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. Alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, my soul has become troubled. What shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour, uh, but for this purpose I came. I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. There came therefore a voice out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The multitude, therefore, who stood by and heard it were saying that it, it, it thundered. Others were saying an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Church, listen to this. Now the judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world shall be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. If I were to ask you, are you a follower of Christ? What would you say? Because um, if you read the New Testament, if you were to read one of the Gospels a month, let's say, this month you read Matthew. Next month you read Mark. I, I hope you would do it every week. <laughs> read the gospel every week. I, I really do. But if you were, I, I would ask you, as you read and really <laughs> intimate yourself with the life of Christ, what would you say? How would you answer the question? Am I a follower of Christ? Or am I lukewarm? Am I casual? What would you say? That's the challenge here. This should inspire all of us. This should, there's a richness in this. Are you, if you're searching for richness, improvement, inspiration, peace in your life, this is it. This is it. This is, this is the summing up. This is the culmination. I don't know what your level of stress is. I don't know what you're stressed about. I don't know what you're angry about. I don't know what you're fearful of. I, I don't know what's overwhelming you in your life. 
but we all have what the scripture says is those things that are common to us. Well, here it is. I mean, Jesus said in Isaiah chapter 9, he says he's the prince of peace. He came so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The, the, the scripture talks about a peace that is beyond understanding, surpassing all of understanding. Listen, either it's real or it's not, but it'll only be real if you then can learn and I can learn and we can learn what it means, the summing up of everything in our life, the summing up of it in Christ. And it starts with an understanding of being a disciple. So the very first thing that's required, there is a requirement. There is a requirement. Now, go back to verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. He who hates his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. Now, listen, here's the number. There's really only one requirement. You want to answer the question, how much of my life could I sum up in Christ? What would be the sum total of it? Am I a follower of Christ? Well, here's the one requirement. Because you cannot answer the question unless you fully understand the achievement of this statement. We have to die to ourselves. You and I cannot serve Christ. Unless we die to ourselves. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Paul makes this great statement. Verse 20, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives me. And in the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. No marriage could fail. There would never be, there would never be a divorce of Christians, professing Christians in a divorce court if the husband and the wife primarily and premierly lived according to this statement. Could not happen. Your marriage would be bulletproof. If the husband and the wife believed, understood, and lived according to this statement here, it, 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 now I would just challenge you to think, if that husband and that wife have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer the husband and wife who live, but it is Christ living in them, their marriage, and the life that they would now live in the flesh, they live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself for, uh, for me. No, you couldn't. Your marriage would be bulletproof. There, there would never be a church that divided. The division of a church, if, if, if the leadership and the members all believe, you know what, this isn't about me. This is not about me. It's not about me. If you believe in spiritual warfare, the thing that you have to know concerning spiritual warfare, and Peter writes about it. He writes about it. He said the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Paul writes to the Ephesians, our struggle is not with flesh and blood, it's a spiritual battle. 
In the Gospel of John, we know that Satan, is, his native tongue is lying. And he's just a lie. He's the father of all lies. And how does he work? How does that work? How does the prowling around, the lies, the deception, how, how could that penetrate someone who has been gifted with the Holy Spirit from God? Well, the answer is right there. Until we begin to measure our lives from the position that, you know, in Romans chapter 6, Paul symbolically tells you the story of baptism. All of us who have been baptized in Christ have been buried with Christ, resurrected, coming up out of that water, recreated to walk in newness of life. The single biggest weapon that Satan has in his spiritual warfare is to appeal to ourself. It's a lifelong thing. This flesh dying is a lifelong thing. Where do you want to go in Scripture? Moses, years and years and years and years of serving. Almost 40 years in the desert. What does he do? His self, his pride, his ego, his self, his mother, his devil. flesh out of the book of Galatians. You look at the fruits of the Spirit. The deeds of the flesh. Where do they come from? Pride, envy. Look, there's vice lists in all of them. All the epistles, what the Bible calls a vice list. Pride, envy, sexual immorality, gossip. Where does that, where does that come from? It certainly doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. We see him in the same passage. He talks about the fruits of the Spirit. It comes from the flesh. A desire. And he's writing to the church, folks. You know what these young folks are seeing the biggest struggle in their life? It's going to be the same struggle you have and I have. It says the desires of the eyes cannot be fulfilled. The struggle that they have is the same one you have, the flesh. The flesh wants what it wants. But I can say to you, church, you and I cannot be a disciple, a follower of Christ 
unless we die to self. That's what's required. So, let's keep reading. What's the next thing? There is a reward. There is a reward. I love this statement in verse 26. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there will my servant also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I don't know how much of your life you think in terms of God honoring you. You know, I mean, the Bible's really clear about humility. The Bible says God humbles the proud and he exalts the humble. And, and this goes back to self. <laughs> Isn't it interesting uh, who and what we honor? And the word is, the Greek word means honor. It literally does. You know, we're, we're told in Scripture that at the end of our life you're going to hear, depart from me, I know you, I didn't know you, I don't know you. Oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. Servant. Now, there's a question then that needs to be asked. He says, the scripture says, Jesus says, that if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. There's a couple of things that emerge from that. You say, well, I serve. Okay, who are you serving? I've seen the church, I've seen every church I've been associated with. Busy, hardworking people serving. I mean, they're, they're serving. And there's two types of servants. In, in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, uh, Paul writes about the Jews. He says, I pray for the Jews, and they have a passion for God, a zeal for God but not in accordance with righteousness because they're trying to establish their own righteousness. When you look at the Pharisees and the attack, the verbal, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual attack that they had on the Lord, said they tried to destroy them. These people absolutely believed with, a, with all of their heart that they were servants of God according to his word. They believed that, folks. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've seen the same plague in the church. I've seen it. Every church is full of people. They're serving, and you know they're serving. <laughs> They'll tell you they're serving. And if they don't get recognized for serving, they're mad. <laughs> they're not serving like Christ served, but they're serving. That's a hard thing. But this has to do with dying to self. What did Christ's service look like? He said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. I, I, it is one of the images in Scripture that is truly the hardest for me to fully understand. I mean truly. The more my knowledge and understanding of who Christ is, the harder it is for me to understand this. The Son of Man, about to be betrayed, by all, all 12 of him, Judas gets the notoriety. They all betrayed him. And he got on his knees with a pail of water and he washed their feet. 
That's just one. He, he was, the scripture says he was despised of men. Isaiah 53, he was despised of men. He was not one that you would look at and, and, and be, with a stately form. He, was, he had no stately form. He was despised by men. He didn't serve to bring glory to himself. In, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul starts this verse. He says, each one, you know what? Here's a challenge, church. Oh, this is a challenge. Before he talks about having the same attitude of Christ, he said, let each one of you, let, now church, disciple, dying to self, I'm going to ask you, let each one of you regard the other as more important than you. Now, when you talk about a servant, boy, did the Son of God consider you and I as more important than himself. You say, you just couldn't accomplish that. I will tell you, I know some spiritual giants in my life. I do. You know what's so hard? It's just hard. It, it's hard. It, it, we have been taught as Americans to grab the bull by the horns, pull yourself up, you know, Distract, get it done, work hard, be honest, personal integrity, and you reap the rewards of it. We live in a capitalist society that, that really uh, it, 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 it encourages entrepreneurship and, and hard work, and, but there's a problem with that. We take credit for it. We honor ourselves. We buy into the calibrated, unspiritual lie that I actually did this. And because of it, it, there's a verification there that honors me more than other people. If I've learned anything at all in my spiritual walk with God, what could I possibly what could I possibly take credit for myself? I, I'm not going to do it, but I could give you a list of some things. I, you know, maybe the world might think of them as impressive, maybe. I didn't birth myself. God didn't, I didn't, uh, whatever intellectual capacity I have, I, don't, I can't take credit for that. The ability to get up and walk and be there that's not mine and live with the capacity and where I was born and the parents that I have and the country that I live in, the opportunities. How can you, I can't take credit for any of that. Now Satan wants me to. And the Lord encourages it. But the Son of God did not live that way. It's a challenge, church. Dying to self, but being honored. Being honored. You're only honored by God on the basis of one thing. A humble heart that desires to serve God. Not for yourself, but only for one reason. Oh my, he saved me.
saved me from eternal hell. He saved me. That's why we serve. And then finally, the last one. We know what's required, dying to self. We know that as we die to self and we serve him, he'll honor us. This is, this is disciples of 101. But the reason, the reason, and then all this is domino effect, but the reason, hmm, wow, listen to this. And my soul has become troubled, verse 27. And the much shall I say? But I saved you from this hour. The first purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Disciples 101. We die ourselves. The power of the Holy Spirit and inspiration of Scripture. A life that measures itself, depending upon how the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 5, the second Timothy 3, 16, all scriptures inspired by God, for we were given from the beginning, for the train of the man of righteousness, of God, so that we can serve him. We serve because our Savior served. We need to be served. And God will honor us for that. And the reason is for this, and this is where I was, if I could just put this in there, and I've said this so many times, because these kids are trying to figure out, they don't even know the reason for living. And if they haven't really thought much about it now, they will. Because every adult in this room, uh, young folks, has at some point some purpose of all this. And, and the world will tell you, here's the purpose. Give as much as you can, Colton. Come on, man. Those are good stuff. We don't really want And, you know, money, 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 money. money. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, that might be a reason. Simon, that's what he said. He didn't look at the reason that every man has ever lived for. Personal domain, security, amassing of wealth. I want to have faith in my ability to live a secure life. I don't have faith in God provided it. All those reasons. And it's just all vanity. It's just vain. It's just a time. So I remember the said the whole duty of man, the whole duty of man. But they always been heard that the preacher will say, the preacher says is what he says. The whole duty of man is to glorify God and keep it as a man. So we're starting here. I want to challenge This is a very pleasant church. As we're growing, and it's not just at the back of the church, it's just a beginning, and the whole hallowed Jesus, and that's a good and I love to his. But this is a challenge to this body. And God is, is, God is challenging. He, is, he, he never stops challenging us spiritually. And so we must die ourselves. But honor, listen, that's an honorable. God honors that. Wow, what an encouragement. And the new reason for. The reason we pay the bills here, 
The reason this building was built, the reason the choir sings, the reason we all plays it together, the reason we have people to serve, it will only have legitimacy. Your life will only have legitimacy if we're doing it to honor and glorify God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we be grateful, we're thankful. Father, we pray that you help us die to ourselves.